Well, we have been talking about shaping habits. And you know, there are good habits and there are bad habits, right? We want to talk about the good habits. And um, we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. But I like this quote, um, and I'm not even going to say I came across it. I didn't. The pastor gave it to me um, from Aristotle. And it just says, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And I couldn't help but think about Vicki when she played that offertory. She had to make a habit of practicing. And growing up with Vicki and being in her home a lot when we were kids, I know her mom had a lot to do with developing that, that habit of practice. But that's the kind of stuff that can happen when we build good habits. It develops in us something that God can use for his honor and his glory. Uh, forming habits really is a very intentional act, and it begins to form our character after a while. If I have the habit, and this could or could not be true, of eating a bowl of ice cream every night, um, then that in the long run is not going to be good for my health, nor is it going to be really very good for my character. I'm kind of being gluttonous, if, if that were true. Um, so there are things that we do in life, habits that we have that really do start to affect our character. Um, and strong character and good habits really at some point become inseparable. Think about a person that you would attribute good character to. Now that person probably is not running around with raging bad habits, right? They're probably a person who has Good habits. Good habits develop good character. And we've been talking a lot in this series about shaping good spiritual habits, which will definitely develop good character in us. I've appreciated this series um, because I think even for those of us who have been in church for a long time and we know what, to, what we're supposed to do, um, you know, and we might be doing the right things, but I think it's always good at times to step back and take a look at our attitude in doing those things. Are we just, doing, are we just reading the scripture and spending time in prayer because that we know that's what we're supposed to do? Or are we doing it out of an attitude of gratefulness to our Savior? And so I've appreciated how, that, how this series has refocused uh, me. And I know in talking with many of you, you have felt the same way. Today we're going to take a look at the habit of being thankful, the habit of thanksgiving. And so I want us to look at this scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And on the screen it's the NIV, and I'm reading out of the Wesley Study Bible. So the words are a little bit different, but we're going to take a look at those differences here. So 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in every situation, because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we read that, and we've heard that verse probably before if we've been in church, and I think we have a habit sometimes of glossing over those things, and you just think, yeah, I'm supposed to be thankful. Give thanks. But then we don't look at the next part of that. Give thanks when? Well, that says in all circumstances. And this says in every situation. And I'm looking at that thinking, now, wait a second. 
in all circumstances, in every situation, we're supposed to give thanks. Because I've been in plenty of situations where thankfulness was not really at the top of my list. And I'm sure you have been too. So I started looking for a loophole. Because that's what good Christians do. Look for a loophole. I'm thinking this can't be right. All circumstances, every situation, I have to be thankful. And I thought, okay, I'm going to look at all the different translations and see if I can find a loophole. If ever you can find one, it's got to be in the message, right? So I get the message out. And Josh is going to read that verse to us from the message translation. Yeah, there's no loophole. Because that says, be thankful no matter what. You know, it'd be a whole lot easier if that said, be thankful in some situations, be thankful in none situations, be thankful when you feel like being thankful. Be thankful when you're happy, but it doesn't. It says be thankful in all circumstances. And, you know, the bad part about this, and you're going to be mad at me for pointing this out, but once we know the truth, we're responsible for it. Sorry. We're accountable now for this because it's in the scripture. But it it actually kind of gets worse. Um... Because the next part of that says, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, there again, that W word, will, that's a strong word. And it it would be easier if it said, be thankful in every circumstance. Because God would like it. Or be thankful in all circumstances, because that's kind of God's goal for you. But we know not everybody reaches their goals, so he's going to be okay if we don't. Or be thankful in every situation, or be happy no matter what. Give thanks no matter what. Um, Because this is God's desire for you, that's a little less threatening. It doesn't say that. It says... Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. And just in case we're confused about what that means, this is God's will for you, it means he expects it. It means he commands it. It means he insists upon it. And he gets to expect it. He gets to command it. He gets to insist upon it because he initiated it. He is the example of being thankful in tough situations. I was thinking about the story of feeding the 5,000 yesterday because of what happened. And then I also thought about it in this context. You know, they... they, title at the feeding of the 5,000, but that was just the, the guys. They had their wives and kids with them. And so the best estimate is really about 20,000 people were there that day. 
Jesus didn't send out flyers and invite them to come there that day to eat. They followed him there. And he was tired that day. He had kind of been beaten around by these crowds because they wouldn't leave him alone. And he was tired and just, you, you know how that is, if you're a parent especially. And there they are, not only are they there and they're wanting to hear from them, but they're hungry. So you got to feed all these people. And all he has are these two little fish and these five little tiny barley loaves. And yet in the midst of that, he offers that small offering up and gives thanks for it. You know, we get worked up when more people show up to the church potluck than we planned for. But here's Jesus, 20,000 hungry people, and he's just got this little bit. And what does he do with it? He offers it up and gives thanks for it. And then even more poignant is the Last Supper. Jesus knows at that point, he's gathered this, these group of guys around him, and these guys still can be a little unruly. You know, he's been working on them, working on them. And they just still don't really, they're not getting it all the way. But he knows his time is coming. He knows what is ahead of him. He knows the cross is before him in just a couple of days. And he's sitting down with these guys for one last time. And he takes that bread that he knows is going to be his body. And he takes that wine that he knows is going to be his spilled blood. And he gives thanks for it in the midst of knowing he's going to be tortured and crucified on that cross. So he gets to ask us to give thanks in all circumstances because it's his will for us. He's shown us how to do it. Thanksgiving also is important to us, not just because of those things. Those are important enough, aren't they? But in James 1, 17... We read this, every good and perfect gift is from above. Everything we have is from the Lord. And because he has given us so much, he deserves our thanksgiving. It should be a habit in our lives to be thankful for what we have. I, I kind of thought this was telling. The definition of thanksgiving in dictionary.com Dictionary.com, to my knowledge, is not written by Christian people. But here's what it says. Thanksgiving is the act of giving thanks. Grateful acknowledgement of benefits for favors, especially to God. That's pretty important. That's what Thanksgiving is. And you know what? Sometimes it's just not happening maybe in our lives like it needs to be. It's so easy to get wrapped up in our own lives, isn't it? Especially when we're going through trials or we've got hurt in our lives or pain. And um, I so appreciated Jody and Craig's testimonies this morning because that's the real deal. That's real stuff. And that's how we encourage each other, by being honest about things we've been through. I'm thankful for those, and, and I know that took a lot of courage for them to do that. Sometimes we get out of that habit of being thankful, and I think there are a couple of things we need to look at as to why maybe that's happening. First of all, and I see this all the time, as probably do you in the secular world, people today feel like 
They have what they have because they've worked hard. They feel like if they have a nice home, it's because they worked hard for it. If they have nice vehicles, it's because they worked hard for it. Whatever they have, they feel like it's theirs because they worked hard for it. And what we fail sometimes to see, because we are so busy working hard most of the time, we fail to see that everything that we have came from God in the first place. He gave us our job. He gave us the opportunity to be raised by parents who taught us to work hard. He, everything he gives us, everything we have is because he has given it to us. But we forget sometimes because we're so busy working hard. And I think the other thing is sometimes people just have an attitude of, well, they deserve what they have because they worked hard. And if I deserve it, then why would I give thanks for it? I deserve it. I alarmingly see this in students at school. This, this whole attitude of, I don't have to be grateful because I deserve this. And it is alarming that our kids are, some of our kids are growing up to, to feel that way. So think about both those things for a minute and just make a quick mental list of the five most important things you possess. Just a real quick list. Now, do you believe you gained those things because God gave them to you? Or do you believe that you gained those things because you worked hard for them and you deserve them? And be honest about that. Because if we really want to be people of good character, good spiritual character, we have to look deep within ourselves and take a look sometimes at our attitudes about things. And then the third reason sometimes people don't have this habit of being thankful is just because they're selfish. And maybe that's us. Maybe we're selfish with our time and we don't take the time to spend talking to the Lord and thanking him for the things that we have. Or maybe we're just so absorbed in our lives that we're just plain ungrateful. You guys know ungrateful people? Don't look at anybody. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking over your heads. I don't want anybody to say she thought I was ungrateful. We all know ungrateful people, don't we? There were these two friends that met in the street one day, and one, one of the guys looked so sad. He just looked like he was on the verge of tears. And his friend said, hey, friend, what is going on? What, it looks like your world has just caved in on you. And the, the sad guy said, let me tell you. Three weeks ago, my uncle died and left me $50,000. And his friend said, well, I mean, I'm sorry your uncle died, but that's really not bad at all, $50,000. And the sad guy said, now hold on, I'm not done. Two weeks ago, a cousin I didn't even know kicked the bucket and left me $95,000 tax-free. And his friend said, well, I mean, that's kind of great. I'd like to have that kind of money. And the sad guy said, no, I'm not done. Last week, my grandfather passed away, and I inherited a million dollars. And the guy said, well, why are you so sad? And he said, well, this week, nothing. <laughs> <sighs> Took you a minute. <laughs> ungrateful. Some people are just ungrateful. 
And lastly, I think sometimes in our difficult situations, because we all get in them, don't we? Life is not great all the time. We're, we don't always have circumstances where we feel thankful. But sometimes I, I think we are in such difficult situations that being thankful is the last thing on our minds because maybe we don't trust that God really is who he says he is. It's so easy to feel alone when you're in, in the middle of something like that. And sometimes we forget that God is walking beside us every step of the way. He does not ever leave us. He tells us, he commands us, he insists upon it. He expects that we will give thanks in all circumstances, for that's his will for us. So what does being thankful as a habit look like in our lives? Well, it's intentional. That's the first thing. Being thankful, if we're going to really form it as a habit and allow it to shape our lives, it's going to be intentional. We have to purposefully look for the gifts in our everyday lives that, that God gives to us and not gifts that we feel like we deserve or that we've worked hard, but things that he just gives to us because he's merciful um, I don't know how many of you are friends with Nancy Thompson, and she is here, but I did ask for permission to, to use this. Um, how many of you are friends with her on Facebook? But I know some of you are. Yeah, Heather's raising her hand, because I see your comments every now and then. Nancy read a book about a year ago, I guess, called A Thousand Gifts. And I've not read that book, but it inspired her to look for a thousand gifts that she feels like that God has given to her. And she is a fantastic photographer. She takes beautiful pictures. And so Nancy will, when she sees something in her daily life that she feels like is a gift from God, she'll take a beautiful picture of it and she'll post it to Facebook and she'll put number, you know, whatever. And she's up, you're up over 500. Now I noticed, right, the other day. So she's up over 500. And I'm going to be kind of sad to see it in. We might have to have a second installment once you get to 1,000. But um, one thing that I have noticed about Nancy's gifts that she posts pictures of, I've never seen pictures of diamonds, a girl's best friend. I've never seen pictures of new vehicles. I've never seen pictures of new clothes. Here's what I've seen pictures of, and this is just a few examples. Huge snowflakes falling from the sky. Ice crystals forming on windows that make intricate designs. I've seen fall leaves. I've seen a picture of her kids and, and her whole family snuggled on their bed to watch a movie together. Books to read. Making snow angels on the ice-covered creek behind their house. And that list goes on and on and on. She finds things that God gives to her every day. Sunsets, sunrises and looks at them as a gift and is thankful for them. And can I just tell you how much that, that has helped me at times? 
because it's not usually till all my work is done for the day that I sit down and go through Facebook. And if I've had a rough day and I see one of Nancy's beautiful pictures of something so simple but so profound that God in his mercy thought to give it to us, it changes my whole attitude. Thanksgiving in our lives needs to be intentional. It also needs to be a part of our daily lives. If we're really going to form that habit in our lives, we need to do it daily. It really doesn't matter how bad our day is, and we're going to have really bad days. We've already had them, and there are going to be more. But if nothing else, we can be thankful that God did not abandon us on that day, that he chose to stay by our sides, that he chose to walk through the pain with us. And Thanksgiving also needs to be specific. Look for the things in our lives that, that aren't things that we came to of our own good, but things that just are there because God gave them to us. I'm amazed when I think about this world that he created for us. He didn't have to give us beautiful sunsets. He didn't have to give us flowers. He could have created this world completely in black and white with no color, and we would have never been the wiser. But he didn't. He didn't do that. He gave us beauty all around us because he is full of grace, and he's merciful, and he loves us so much he wanted us to have beautiful things. But we should never take him for granted. Because they are gifts from him, and they are things that, to be thankful for. I, um, m- many of you know that our son, our oldest son Tanner, has a heart condition, and um, you know we, we deal with that occasionally. It flares up, and and then you know he's okay again. But we were told when he was 16, first diagnosed with that, he shouldn't be alive. He he should have been dead. It should have killed him before he was ever diagnosed with it. We've been told that many times, Um, you know, and then things happen and we have another issue and then he's fine. I mean, he is like a cat. He just keeps landing on his feet and has more than nine lives, I think. And um, he also, I'm going to say this, Kurt, probably embarrassed you. I said in the first service, I think he could almost be Kurt's son because he, Tanner is a wheeler dealer like Kurt. Tanner goes, he's on Craigslist all the time. He um, is at auctions all the time. If that boy can buy something and flip it and make double or triple, you know, the profit, he is constantly doing that. But as a result of that, we pull in our driveway and never know what's going to be there. (laughs) We just in the past couple months have had a pop-up camper that only three sides pop up on. Um, we've had a myriad of vehicles, snow plows and little trucks and big trucks, and he's going to get a truck this week, and um, a canoe that sat there for quite a while, um, and a weight bench that was in our, literally was in our front yard. Usually he keeps his stuff out by the barn, which drives Jay nuts, because Jay's very organized and he likes his yard nice and tidy. Um, And so the stuff at the barn he can kind of live with, but when the weight bench showed up in the front yard, um, 
it didn't go over real well. And I just tried to say to Jay, just, he'll move it. He's got his own time frame. Kind of like Kurt. And uh, I, I knew he would move it eventually, but I have to admit it was before Christmas, and it had been there so long, I was about to put a wreath and lights on it. <laughs> and um, I just kept telling Jay, it's okay, you know, he's going to move it. Well, a couple weeks went by, it was still there. We pulled in the driveway, and Jay was just like, that weight bench is still in the front yard. And I don't know what came over me. Well, I do. <laughs> I said, I don't even care. Because when I come home and I pull in the driveway and there's junk sitting in my yard, I know that my son is alive. And I'm so thankful for that. And so while I don't want my yard to look like Sanford and Son, I am thankful that my son is still alive to be bringing that junk home. And I'm just going to choose to look at it as a gift. And I think in our lives we have to do that in situations. God, I just can't imagine ever being, having to go through a day and him not giving us a gift. There is always something to be thankful for. And being thankful shapes our attitude and our character. Nancy made a comment to me when I was talking to her about her thousand gifts. And, and she said, you know, sometimes when I'm having a really bad day or I'm really hurting looking back through all those things that I've taken pictures of and being thankful for them is what gets me through. And I would never think about Nancy as being a person other than just being happy. She seems so happy and thankful and grateful, but the truth of the matter is we all have pain and hurt that comes into our lives. We all have bad days. But she's able to go back and look at all those beautiful gifts that God has given to her and it gets her through. God is so good to us that way. There's a story in Acts that I want to take a quick look at. Acts 16, it's the story of Paul and Silas. It's probably pretty familiar to us. But Acts chapter 16, this is not on the screen. So we'll have to go old school. Acts 16. And I'm going to start with verse 16. One day, when we were on the way to the place for prayer, we met a slave woman. She had a spirit that enabled her to predict the future. She made a lot of money for her owners through fortune-telling. She began following Paul and us, shouting, These people are servants of the Most High God. They are proclaiming a way of salvation to you. She did this for many days. Well, this annoyed Paul so much that he finally turned and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave her. It left her at that very moment. Her owners realized that their hope for making money was gone. They grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the officials in the city center. When her owners approached the legal authorities, they said, These people are causing an uproar in our city. They are Jews who promote customs that, are Romans, that we Romans can't accept or practice. The crowds joined in the attacks against Paul and Silas, so the authorities ordered that they be stripped of their clothes and beaten with a rod. When Paul and Silas had been severely beaten, the authorities threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to secure them with great care. 
When he received these instructions, he threw them into the innermost cell and secured their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. These guys were not in a prison like our prisons today. They weren't getting three squares and a cot. They were in a dungeon that was probably cold. They had been beaten raw, raw, bloody sores all over their bodies. They were chained most likely to the floor, and they were sitting in their own filth. Nobody gave them medical treatment for their wounds, and they probably were not even fed, just barely enough to keep them alive. And here these guys are. It's midnight, and you think about when you're in pain or there's hurt in your life. The nighttime is the worst, isn't it? That's when you feel the most alone. These guys at midnight, instead of sitting there and talking to each other about how they've been wrongfully imprisoned and, you know, this is the worst situation. How could God let this happen to us? We've been so faithful to him, and why are we here? There isn't any of that. They start praising the Lord and singing hymns. And not only did that do something for their own spirit and their own character, but think about what it did for the other prisoners who were watching that. And so this shaping of habits in our lives, this being thankful, a habit of thanksgiving in our lives, isn't just for us. It's wonderful for us. It does great things for our character and for our, for our spiritual walk. But what does it say about us to other people who maybe don't know the Lord? If they can see us walking through pain and hurt and bad days, and yet we still can be thankful for what God has given to us, what does that say to other people? It is a tremendous witness to people. It's a tremendous way for God to work not only in our lives, but in other people's lives. And God honored their praise that day. Throughout life, we are going to have bad days. That's a given. We're going to find ourselves in a variety of circumstances. Some of them are going to rock our world. And I think that's almost worse than when you know something bad is coming is when you get something that's just a huge shock because it just, you know, it just knocks you for a loop. And it's sometimes hard to find right side up when that happens. Some of our circumstances are going to be wonderful and some of them are going to be terrible. But each and every day, God is actively working in our lives, which means that each and every day, there's something to be thankful for. But it can only be counted as thanksgiving if we intentionally offer him thanks for what he's doing in our lives. Being purposefully thankful in our daily lives is directly correlated to our attitude about what we have and the circumstances that we're dealt there are some very practical ways that we can give thanks, and, and I want to end with this. The first and foremost thing is we have to submit our attitude. 
to God. We have to, to, to say it and to mean it. We have to submit to him that everything we have is a gift from him. Some people like to journal, and I think that's a great idea. Some of you men are going, oh, I'm not going to journal. You don't have to journal. It's just a good idea. It's nice to be able to look back, and I like that about Nancy's idea. You can look back at all the things that you were thankful for in those really hard days. And then sharing with others, especially our kids. What a way to develop that habit early on in our kids' lives than if we can share it with them and put it in front of them. Maybe make a list on the refrigerator of things that you're thankful for as their parent and your kids will see that and begin to develop that habit in their own lives. Or maybe you want to just keep a calendar, commit a calendar to writing down every day something that you're thankful for. All of those things can be used to create in us this habit of thanksgiving. In every situation, in all circumstances, we're to be thankful. That is God's will for us. And he deserves that. He deserves our thanksgiving. Vicki is going to come and lead us in a closing song, and we're going to pray real quick, but I just would challenge you to find a way to dig deeper and develop this habit a little stronger uh, in your life this week. Father, thank you so much for who you are and for all that you give to us. Lord, help us to be a thankful people. Help us to always be looking to you and what it is that you have for us this day. You are so good to us, and, and we want to be grateful, and we want to offer you praise. Lord, help us to submit our attitudes to you and allow you to shape us and transform us into the people that you would have us to be. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen.